This episode of After the Show is brought to you by Odyssey. Odyssey are makers of headphones for gamers and audiophiles alike. You can check them out on www.audeze.com. That's www.audeze.com. You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sittok. Good afternoon. Hello, Sittok. Hello. Hello. How are you? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> All right, what's your before the after the show discussion? Before the after the show discussion was this movie. Correct. Pretty much. That was it. All we right. were cold, and then we were warm, and then we we're hot. So you turned down the heater. You made tea. Uh, that's but, it. Oh, that's it, boys and girls, and everybody was, else. That's everything. I we meant said. to go and get your CD from the mailbox. But then oh, for, you didn't! I completely no. forgot. I opened the door and then forgot what I was doing. I have a friend who's a musician who, every time he records a new collection of music, he likes to send it to me for my uh, review. Now, I'll tell you this. Now, it's not part of the before the after show discussion. But if anyone wonders why I'm Sid Talk, this is the person. Nobody wonders. Well, I'm telling you anyway, <laughs> that when I was young and in college and I met this guy who was a musician back then, quite a bit older than me, obviously he still is, same amount of oldness, right? We aged at the same rate. But he and I would get into long discussions and I would go to all of the bars that he played at and everything. And I, he just was amazed that if somebody said something I disagreed with, I would just call them on it. I would say whatever I think. And he started calling it Sid Talk because I was Sid. And I was talking. So he would call me sometimes and go, hey, hey, Sid, my friend so-and-so is over here. And he's spouting all off about whatever, some philosophy or politics or religion. We'll come over here and give us some, lay down some of your Sid talk. <laughs> and then I would. Nice. And I'd get free drinks. That was usually the objective for me, to get free booze. And Good. now I get free music. So it's a 35-year relationship that still is paying off. <laughs> That's true. All right, so this is Saturday, December the 5th. Happy uh, bonfire night. Is that right? No. <laughs> that was in November. November the 5th. All right, so happy uh, one month anniversary for bonfire night. It's after the show 662. The movie we're looking at this week is a movie called Possessor Uncut. It's a 2020 movie. Releases on Blu-ray this upcoming Tuesday, December the 8th. You can get it on Blu-ray and 4K and streaming services. It's uh, uncut, as I said, and it's from our friends at WellGo USA who sent us the disc for review. Sid Talk will give you the synopsis and then I'll give you the one off the box and we'll compare and contrast. Uh, hmm. Hmm. It is, um, well, it's like Inception, but really fucked up. Can we put that on the box? <laughs> yes. It's like that, but not, it's not at all. It's like it's Inception, like it. but really fucked up. It's not, though. It's also like um, Freaky Freaky Friday, right? Where the, 
swap places, kinda, inside. Mm. Not quite as friendly and jolly as Freaky Friday. <laughs> no. <laughs> what was another one? What were some other ones? That are, you that know, episode the, of the X-Files where Mulder and that yes, guy. Yes, where two swap people swap their inside, who they are with yeah. someone else's body. And like Freaky Friday and what are some of the others? Those, you know, lots of comedies. This isn't a comedy, by the way. Oh, no, no. There's not even one funny thing. In this. I don't think. Think back. Was there anything funny? No. No. All right. So be prepared the for actual, the not funny stuff. The actual synopsis says, From the visionary mind of writer-director Brandon Cronenberg, Possessor is an arresting sci-fi thriller about elite corporate assassin Toshia Voss. Using brain implant technology, Voss takes control of other people's bodies to execute high-profile targets. As she sinks deeper into her latest assignment, Voss becomes trapped inside a mind that threatens to obliterate her. Sounds right. Sounds more thorough than mine, but still, I'm I'm correct. <laughs> so, um, this movie, um, it pre- premiered at Sundance, like before the pandemic got underway in february and it you know people were saying oh this movie possessor it's cool it's cool um and i tend to agree after watching it um it's kind of right on my street it is it's let let me just say now uh off the top it's it's more like an art house style movie it's slower movie and it's you know it's not a mainstream thing is it at all uh no it's it's more no, no, artsy no. And it's more thoughtful, but it's also incredibly violent and quite sexual, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah. So, it's you know, if there are children and you're going to put this on, they shouldn't be in the room. It's not that movie. There shouldn't be children in the house <laughs> no. when you're watching this movie. <laughs> because, you know, this version is uncut. And, um, you know, it's. I was going to say it's like hard R. When they say it's a hard R... When it's like R-rated, but it's like really pushing the envelope for R, well, this, you know, there's no way this would get an R because... No. And it's only for like two things. Yeah. I mean, it's incredibly Well, one big hard thing and then another thing that's just horrible and terrible for anyone to imagine. Yeah. (laughs) There's some incredibly violent scenes that are, when you're watching them, you're like, oh yeah, this is over the line of where it normally goes in a movie. It's... It's lingering a little bit too much. So we're going to do spoilers? Yeah. Okay, so there's a hard penis and a child being killed. Well, there's there's two boners. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, which you'd never I mean, if get you can't handle with. one hard naked penis, you can't handle two of them. And you're not going to get away with that. <laughs> in, um, never thought I'd say that in the podcast. Yeah. In American cinema, you're definitely not going to get away with hard penis in any way, shape, or form, right? There's no movie. I don't think there's a movie in ex- that exists with it. I don't know. In US rated. I don't even understand that. That's so silly. No, but me being European and see a lot of European movies when I was growing up and stuff and TV shows in England, um, penises are they're a bit more commonplace. Hmm. You, I mean, as, penises are fairly common in the world. They are, but on TV or mm-hmm. on movies. Like, there's hard penises in movies and there are... Penises on TV. How many times have you said penis so far? Well, you know, this is clinical word. I'm being, you know, (laughs) I could say cock (laughs) or boner. (laughs) 
But you know what I'm saying? Change it up a bit. It's um, America's a bit. Don't say uptight because that ain't right. No, I wouldn't call it uptight, but I would call it. Um, is it is it because of religious things? I don't know. Like, why I can't you see a boner? Know. I don't even understand it myself. Like the like, you can't definitely not see a boner on TV, but you can definitely see somebody's head get blown off. You can on TV. You would know they got shot in the head. You wouldn't necessarily see it graphically like in this movie, right? So there is a line there with even with the gratuitous violence. So this is more, you know, it comes across to me more like a European movie, but it is not like it's a you know Canadian filmmaker. So, um, it is very intense. I will say, yeah, but not to me at all. I'm some kind. I'm somewhat immune to this kind of content. You're I don't a cold, know. heartless bastard. Yeah, <laughs> like this is where I. With gore, for instance, there's quite a bit of blood in this movie. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. But when Sid Talk over there is watching um, a TV show called Botched, for instance, on TV, and there's real operations taking place, I can't even look at it. You can't. It's hilarious. But I can watch any movie, any gross movie, even a movie where they were doing plastic surgery to somebody in the same way they were in Botched. But something in my mind tells me it's not real and it's fine. And that's how it works for me, so I don't what's that all about? <laughs> if if Botched was presented in a movie form and it was like actors doing it, it I, it would be fine. I would it wouldn't even phase me. But I can't look at the operation. And that's just in your mind. You could just get over it. You could just say to yourself, Oh well, I mean the if you can say penis a bunch of times, because it's just the name of a penis, you can also watch someone get a zit popped on I TV. Say or see one's nose getting anything, is it? I it's guess. a medical. It's the same to me, though. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's the um, anatomical. What, what do you call it? The. I will admit, though, in this movie, when there's two things happened that I was like, "Oh God!" I actually and I never wince or right. rear back or have feel like I need to cover my eyes. But there were two things. There was the mouth and the eyeball on the same scene, and I was like, "Oh my God!" Yeah, because oh. this is like a. a a murder scene, let's say, uh, a guy murdering a guy, and it, the camera dwells, there's a lot of blood in this movie, mm-hmm. like, uh, and it also dwells on, like, the violence, so a guy hitting a guy in the face with a crowbar or whatever, and it's then hardcore. you actually see the hits, you know, and there's blood splattering, and there's teeth and eyes, and it's not, it's not pleasant to look at, right? It's, I mean, it's supposed to really be visceral and gross, like... And this movie, it is pretty hardcore. But, take away the violence and the bonus. <laughs> I really liked the concept of it. Yeah, yeah, totally. You didn't like the violence and the boners? No, I, I like the <laughs> violence and the boners quite a bit because it really, it shows me that somebody is not frightened to do, you know? Yeah, it's like you're making your movie, do it the way you want. Yes. If someone doesn't like it or want to watch it, they don't have to watch it. It's yeah, and very, I'm very, very simple. And I'm not the person who's offended by uh, violence or boners, but I know some people are. <laughs> sure, sure. And it will definitely um, upset people, especially if they came into the movie not knowing and just watch. Uh, they're on Voodoo tomorrow night, and they're like, "Oh, what's this one? It looks kind of like a horror movie." <laughs> and then they watch it, and then all of a sudden, it, it, that's why you were also talking about like the 
the rating group or organization that rates movies, you know, has been for however many years, 70 years, however long it's been around. MPA. That it'll just go away because now everything's streaming and it doesn't matter. Well, it's, I said, there's always going to be a group of people, a lot, most people who want someone to tell them what to think, what to watch, what to do, if it's right. So they want to be able to go to anything like a website these days and go, oh, well, on Netflix, okay, I only want to watch movies that are family friendly. And they want to trust that someone has vetted every single movie that's ever been made and decided whether or not it goes in that category. And some people want the totally fucked up movies, right? Where eyeballs pop out and horrible things happen. And they want that to be a category. They don't want to have to go through and watch all the Freaky Fridays and the Teen Titans, you know, to figure out that something is what they want. So I don't think that rating thing will go away. No. So the concept behind this movie of going inside somebody's body, and well, you're being inserted into them, right? Is that how you would say? Yeah. I mean, you're basically streaming yourself. Yeah. It's a Wi-Fi, it's a little implant, and you get... Yeah, I, I really yeah. like that idea. They they want to get inside this guy. It's like a, multi, it's a multi-layered thing. This guy is the boyfriend of this woman, whose father is a powerful tech mogul guy. And they want to get to that guy, so they they kidnap the guy off the street, basically, put the implant in his head... And then she links in by Wi-Fi to be him in an elaborate kind of, you know, multi-layered yeah. thing to get to this bad, you know, is he a bad guy? Is he, We don't even know if he's a bad guy, right? I mean, he's a terrible guy, like, personality-wise. I don't know about that. I mean, he might cheat on his girlfriend and he's got a shitty job. That's what I'm saying. Is he... The, the Sean Bean character, is he a bad oh, guy? Oh, him. I thought you meant our guy. No, not our guy. The oh. Sean Bean. I'm saying, all we know about him is... He um, is an arsehole, and he's uh, not very nice. Um, and they're maybe nefariously doing something with data from people. So what you didn't say, he is the object of basically an assassination. Yes. Yeah. But I'm, what I'm talking about here is, is he actually really that bad? Or is he just, like, a bit obnoxious? And that's not even why they want. They just want control of his data mining company. Yeah, they do. But yeah. I'm, say, I'm saying, um, like, in movies, you have a bad guy. He's not necessarily a bad guy. He's just... I don't guy. even feel like that was part of the objective. I'd say they're really the bad guys. The organization who Wi-Fi yeah, I think in. as soon as we meet Jennifer Jason Lee, you're like, oh, she's awful. That's what I mean. That, that yeah, company. I don't think Sean yeah. Bean's ever even supposed to be the bad guy. He's just the victim. And he happens to be kind of a, acts like a dick. But he's not evil or anything. So what I really I mean, liked about... He might be, because let's tell about this company that he owns. They're just a big data company. They don't. They're not just a big data company. They control everyone's... Or at least they might have an app. We don't know the whole thing of it. But they have whole entire rooms of people with virtual reality headsets on. This is big spoilers for all That's the data part of it. Right. They are sitting and watching everyone's webcams. Unaware. Unam- um, people are not aware of this. And all they're doing is sitting and describing the entire setting. What kind of curtains are in the room? What kind of lamp is in the room? What kind of bedding is in the room? What the person's wearing? Etc. So they are literally... Mining data mining. The, yeah, they are, you know, if you do that, if you have a thousand people doing that all day and you can monitor half a million people, then you're going, oh, wow, nobody's buying this kind of curtain. Everyone's buying this kind of TV. Everyone's 
having sex on the kitchen table and nobody's having sex on the couch. Like that's, they're literally observing people's lives. Like really. And at one point where he's wearing the thing. Okay. So here's a one point in the movie. That's why it's like inception, but not. So we've got this woman's mind that's been transplanted or is controlling this guy's body. Then he, as she is inside his mind, but he's him at his job, puts on a virtual reality thing. So now it's her inside of him and him inside a fake world. And then it's him watching a monitor in the fake world. And on that monitor is someone else's webcam watching inside of their lives. Yeah. I was like, ooh, this is multi-layered shit right here. And uh, what I really liked about the, when she gets into his mind and then she has to, she kind of has to study him for a long, I don't know how long, it seemed... Maybe it was a long time. I don't. I, don't, know. I feel like it wasn't long enough because she didn't quite, yeah, she didn't quite understand him. him. Yeah. So she had to study him uh, and learn how his patterns of speech and like how he reacts with his girlfriend and all these kind of things. So when she does get into the body, she doesn't give it away easily. Like, but she does detect immediately almost the girlfriend that you're acting a bit weird. She's yeah. like, yeah, you're you're be, you're getting weird on me. What's up with you? I think it's because he might have just been a bit of a. Like a selfish dick. And you know he's what I mean? being a bit too loving at that point. Yeah, he, it's she's like, in. yeah, because yeah. she seems to crave... Affection. Something. I don't know if it's affection, but just some connection or something. But and he's so, like, the he, first thing he does, he gets about and goes in and like gets up behind her and starts kissing her neck and so And she's like... What's wrong with you? Kind of taken <laughs> apart by him. Yeah. yeah. So because I really remember, when that. we talk about him, he is in, being controlled by a woman... Yes. Who is the assassin, essentially. Correct. Not essentially, but actually. And um, I really like the acting in those moments where, especially, you know, when she does first go in and he wakes up and she's looking in the mirror, she's him, but inside it's her looking in the mirror at what she's working with and she's looking at his pecs and his penis and stuff. And then she goes out and I'm like, oh, she's got, now she's got to interact with the girlfriend and... Surely there's something we we can pick up, can't we, on on things? Sure. Like really subtle things, like, and she does almost immediately, and then, like, I liked all that exploring the relationship thing and him, and then he has to go and you know do this mundane job, which is the most mundane job right? <laughs> no that, that he's doing. This is the job where you're watching people and then just describing he, what you're seeing. He's just actually assigned to look. We say at it's dr- mundane. But listen to what we're calling mundane, spying on people. Yeah, but his job, you know, when you say, oh, that'd be cool just looking at webcams of people. No, he's looking at drapes. He, he's only assigned to drapes. So yeah, he, but he's also seeing people have sex in the middle is, of the day. He is, but like, his and... job is drapes. And when he's too slow, because he's looking at some people boning, because sometimes he sees people having sex and he still has to look at the drapes. He's being a bit, and a voice is going like, why are you being so slow? Hurry up. (laughs) So he has to, like, you know, it's it's a shitty job. And he's been put in it for a purpose, right? Because the father is kind of... Well, he's dating the rich, powerful guy's daughter. And everyone's theory is the rich, powerful guy gives him this shitty job because he doesn't like him. Exactly. Uh, So it's, it's multi... I really like the layers of it. I also really like... If you watch a movie like Inception, it can get kind of confusing, right? I'm still a bit confused about Inception 10, 15 years later or whatever <laughs> it is. Um, it's kind of hard to follow unless, you, uh, you know, maybe third or fourth watch, you might pick up on everything. 
But I don't think this was confusing at all. Which um, I, I was a little confused at the actual objective. Like, right. What was the real point of all this? You mean the actual? Yeah. Why are moral we doing this? Yeah. Yeah. So then I figured it out. Yeah. Um, but it's you. It sounds good when you just said earlier is. Uh, there's somebody inside him and he's inside a virtual world and he's also looking at a virtual screen and he's watching this. That sounds all confusing. Mm-hmm. But as you're watching it, it's actually well do- true, described true. to you. Like it, there was never a moment where I was like, oh, hold on. Are we in her? Are we in him? What's going on? Like it's. Yeah, no, I was pretty straight on all that. Yeah, it's clear what how it's mapped out, which I liked about it. Um, the gore, etc. I see what he was doing with it. Like he, there are not many. Um, incidents of it, what, like three maybe extremely gory scenes yeah. but they uh, like punctuate the thing, like they're you know, the the crux of the mission if you want to say, like each one and uh, they are very shocking, I don't know if they were less shocking if it wouldn't be as good, you know I don't mm. know if it makes, if that's what makes it cool, it goes different but um, it is on the far end of things that are gross because you know we always reference the film irreversible mm-hmm. and how intense and hardcore that is this is along the same lines as that not quite uh, I'm just I mean that. that one has the thing about everything's weird and spinning and weird noises and shit but the gore level in that for instance the um, guy yeah, getting his head smashed with a that's fire. just the one thing though that's really the only big gore thing in that movie but it is really intense and looks very realistic this movie is a bit worse than that in there's some shit going down in this movie blood wise that is next level i think i can't think of another movie i was watching it and going wow that is really explicit and gory can i think of another movie that does it in that such a serious way like that because this movie also does it in a really serious way it doesn't like the evil dead's full of gore but it's funny right uh, I don't know if it's funny because of the gore, but it's a funny concept. The way yeah. it's brought at you is got like a tongue in cheek. This is not, is it? It's very oh, no, serious. No. Yeah. So that makes it like feel more violent because it's not being like, oh, we're a gory horror movie. It's more like, no, we want to show you the horror here, like of killing somebody. And like that first woman in this movie, we saw do the assassination and she kind of got off on the blood thing. Well, that was that wasn't that woman. It was our woman. That's it's what I'm the saying. Leading lady. She yeah, gets she was off, getting at every, off on it. Like, yeah. That's the whole idea. Yeah, that she's dangerous. Right. <laughs> well, I know that, but I'm saying yeah. there's a sexual element to the blood thing, the bloodlust. No, I think she's just thinking about what she wants to really do, and we find that out later in the movie. Um, that she likes doing her job, which is assassinating people while being transmitted into their brains. She has one problem that's holding her back, and that's her family. And she doesn't seem to really care much about her family. So you do the math. And then there's also the thing of this process also can kind of get mixed up a bit. Like you, you're feeling the the person you're in, like you're trying to... Yeah, like they're trying to fight. Trying come to back. fight you. Because yeah. Like, yeah, so like, they don't really address what they're doing with the other person's personality. They're just suppressing it they never really say how they are suppressing the other person they just put the implant in and then they stream you into their brain but they don't explain that 
What happens to the whole other person's personality? It's obviously still there somehow, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because he is... Pushing through. Yeah, still... She's still... The girlfriend still recognizes it's him. Like, she just sits, feels that there's something odd about him. He really goes off at that party, don't you? Where they tell him, yeah. They tell him, like, you've got to cause a scene at the party and have a fight with the guy. I loved it. It was good. Yeah, he's like... Okay. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, so... Um, and then, uh, I don't... We won't spoil the ending, but uh, how did you feel about how it wound up? Did um, you feel it pr- lived up to the promise of what was going on? That's a good way of asking, and I would answer no to that question mm-hmm. specifically. I would also say that it, I feel like it falls apart a little in the a little last bit. scene. Just the, uh, the arrogance of it was kind of obnoxious, I thought. There's, yeah. Yeah, without, you know, because mm-hmm. it is a movie that, like, lives and dies on its crooks, like, where it's going to. But um, I wasn't thoroughly surprised by what happened. No. Which I was expecting to be. It just way- wasn't as interesting as the rest of the movie. Yeah, that's what I think. But uh, it's a great ride, and it looks gorgeous. It's like one of those... God, it, you, I, I like that they used the whole screen, and we noticed. didn't have the bars, top and bottom, did you notice? Oh, no, I didn't. It I, felt, I never do, though. This one filled the entire screen, so it felt really big. And it also is very colourful, and we watched the extras. And they did, like, was it, well, it, mostly everything that you see is a practical effect, right? There's Seems no, um, like it. They didn't sound like they did much. There's some CG screens that they did, like um, like LCD screens on the walls and stuff that they... um impose like i don't know why maybe it's cheaper to do it than actually buy a load of screens did you understand that no you know in the extras it showed you the screens on the wall yeah and he's and the guy said the only cg we used was they they used those screens on the wall that are showing stuff those are not real i was like well why why don't you just buy some tvs from walmart but maybe it doesn't look good when you're filming it you know what I mean? The flicker, oh, yeah, yeah, the frame rate and all that never quite looks good. Right. Well, that's pretty much the only CG in the movie. And the rest of it, including all the gore and the people getting their eyeballs poked out and all kinds <laughs> of shit like that, is all puppets or real. There's a lot of blood everywhere. Which I admire. I do too, because it brings me back to like when I first started watching horror movies, like in the 80s and, you know, you watch all those VHS Things like, I remember watching Street Trash. Did you ever watch that? No. Uh, it was one of the first horror movies I ever saw on VHS, and it's a real gory kind of like, it's almost like a trauma movie. It's a bit silly, but it's like full of gore. And I remember watching it, and it's like, it looks like they really made a mess everywhere. Oh, Reanimator's another one. You've seen that one, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, this brought me back to those days of, you know, it was all practical back then. There was no computer-generated blood. So um, so what did you think overall, here, Possessor? I don't like to say I enjoyed it, but I feel like I enjoyed it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's really awful. Like, the whole concept is awful. Yeah, but sometimes These I like These people that. are awful. Yeah, exactly. But to say I enjoy it, you know? I like the dark... Um, and I like a, I like filmmakers that aren't afraid to uh, me too yeah. you know do whatever they want to do, and this is really like pushing it you know to the edge of like you, like I say 
you don't want to say to your mom, your mom, for instance, this is a good film for you oh to God, watch. Because no. it might. The boundaries of my mother's <laughs> ability to cope with science fiction, which she does enjoy a lot. She does like Star Trek Wars and she does like Star Trek and she does like what was the one of her favorite movies, um, you know, Hunger Games. But not if it's just like she would say it's just rude. That's just rude. <laughs> rude. It's is just a funny rude. way of putting it. Yeah. So um there are some extras on the uh 4K disc. There's deleted scenes, behind the scenes and trailers. The behind the scenes are really good. There's three. I'd say they're about what, fifteen minutes each? And uh they cover the different aspects and there's lots of interviews with Brandon Cronenberg, who we didn't mention actually. We'll get to him when we get to the director. Um, anyway, cast Andrea Riseborough plays Tasia Voss, and she's while she is the main person in the movie, most of the movie is her inside uh, Colin, so you don't get to see her a lot. She's in the first part of the movie, but you mostly see it through Colin's eyes, but she's inside Colin's brain, so you know, Colin's really deal with it. Colin's the person you see on the screen the most. But she's lying on this contraption. Like the Animus from uh, Assassin's Creed. That's what I kept thinking of. True. Because that's what... The Animus in Assassin's Creed is you go inside your ancestors. Like, you know, you relive their thing. It's not the same as this, but... You're wired in like that. So what did you think of Andrea Riseborough? No, she was good. She's intense. I I always like that. We saw her in... um, the Grudge this year, mm-hmm. which wasn't a good movie, but she was actually really good in it. So uh, I really like her in this. And there's some really, I would say, demanding acting where she has to be him. She has to be inside him, but she has to try and show her as well as him while she's it's confusing a bit for an actor. It is, yeah. Um, Jennifer, well, let me know that's their job. True. Jennifer Jason Lee plays Gerda. She's the uh, the person in control of this. I would call it an experiment, but it's really a crime. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How did you like Jennifer? I mean, I feel like she's her, and she does that well. Yeah, and you know, she's dark. It's dark her character. Yeah, very dark. <laughs> uh, Christopher Abbott. Who I'm new to. I don't really know him. I've, I, we have seen him in some movies. It feels just, like he might have been... Was he in The Mandalorian or one, a Star Wars thing? No. I just looked through the movies he's been in. And we have seen some of them. But um, I don't recall him. But uh, he's fantastic in this movie. Mm-hmm. I just like... He's got this really... Um, it's almost like he's emotionless a lot. You know, while he's wandering through... Like, yeah. that's maybe how he was in his life anyway. But then when she's in him, he, it kind of turns him off, kind of like 70%. And, and he's kind of like just drifting through, like floating. Ooh, listen to you. I don't disagree with you. He's going to that stupid job and he's just, he's at that part, you know. And then when he comes home and her friends are there and they're all vaping and he's just like. It's really obnoxious. Yeah. And he just <laughs> seems like kind of like unplugged from it all a little bit because the mission is on at that point. So yeah, I really like that. Even when he's having sex with her in the bedroom, it's it's just that's when you get to see the. Is graphic that the bomb. commentary that all these lives are just pointless and and kind vapid of vapid or vaping? And, <laughs> yeah, and pretentious. There's a bunch of they're very pretentious. The people. This is true. Uh, in this version of the future, 
that what did he say that Brandon Cronenberg it's a version of the future but it's like set in it's around 2008 yeah it's just like he said if history had taken a different turn at some point different, yeah, so it's, different technologically or whatever this would be the 2008 that happened yeah, it's but like, it still feels a little futuristic, but also you know? old fashioned. Mm-hmm. It's it's cool. I liked it because it wasn't too over the top. It's like, oh, that person has like a flip phone, and that room looks really super futuristic, like with the screens on the walls and stuff. You know, they have giant walls that show video, which is pretty much like our home theater downstairs. I mm-hmm. mean, they got projectors all over the place, just showing like the news and stuff kind of seems in the future but then you can look at the other side of the room and think oh that's just now or you know just less than now i like the design of that um and christopher abbott getting back to him he's i just thought he was fantastic i'd like to see more stuff he was in um was he british was he canadian i couldn't really tell couldn't tell i couldn't also tell with this movie i well i could because there was a couple of people who said oh yeah it's in chicago or wherever but mm. I, I wasn't 100% sure it was in America. Mm. I, like maybe, I couldn't really tell. Maybe it was filmed in Canada because the Cronenbergs are Canadian. Um, but And at first I was like, is this Britain? Because like, it shows you a shot across the city and it looked like London. So, yeah, you're not particularly sure. But somebody mentioned Chicago at some point and I was like, oh. No, she was <clears> going <throat> to Chicago. Oh, right. So, she, so, again, they could have been anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, she was leaving to go somewhere. Um, so this is directed by Brandon Cronenberg. That name might be familiar because his father is who? David Cronenberg. David Cronenberg made some good films. I've listed a few here. The Fly. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's subjective, but yes. Do you remember that film Dead Ringers? Yes. <laughs> Crash, which is my favorite David Cronenberg movie. And we're not talking about that one crash. We're talking about the other crash. We're not talking about the Matt Dillon crash. We're talking about the uh, Holly Hunter crash. (laughs) Uh, um, And there is a very big difference. Also, Naked Lunch. Remember that one? Yep. Videodrome. Remember that one? (laughs) Are you asking me or are you asking the people? You? Yeah, no, I never saw Videodrome. Oh, you should Mm. drop everything and see that. (laughs) You should you you have never seen this movie. It is amazing. Uh, scanners. True. And you've never seen it. I don't think so. What? I don't hell? feel. I don't feel unless I saw something. Okay, all these iconic movies. If I saw them as a young person, I wasn't watching them because everyone's like, oh, "You have to watch it." I would watch them because they would show up at two o'clock in the morning on HBO on a school night when I didn't want to go to bed. Well, I would imagine. Scanners and I wouldn't have been like everybody's like, "Oh no, not that I recall." Hmm. You you probably know the famous scene in Scanners, though, right? I don't know. Somebody's head blow up. Yeah. You've I'm seen that. It's like it. a meme even that now. Like I see it I see it all over the place. Like with somebody mm. saying like somebody said this and this is what I feel like and their head explodes. Mm. I don't follow those people on anything, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um anyway, Mr. Cronenberg. He made an amazing bunch of movies. Tons and tons That of was movies. his father. Yes. This is Brandon. Now, Brandon, his son, has made two movies. One is Possessor, and the other one is a movie called Antiviral, which was from 2012. I have not seen it, but now I want to. 
And what did I say was the synopsis of that one? That famous people sell their diseases to super fans. Yes. As a, an injection. Yeah. Like, uh, you, if you are a big fan of... Whoever. Uh, whoever. Who's got a, something wrong with them. You can feel just like them by taking this... In another interesting idea like this one. I was going to say, you say that as if that's not an extreme possibility. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so... I think Brandon Cronenberg is, I, this is my kind of thing. So it's one to watch for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This is, I like this kind of horror. And I like the artisticness of this horror. And it's clear after watching the extras with him that that's what he's into, right? He wants to, he's got a particular vision of how it should look. And he's really interested in collaborating with the people who do his effects and stuff and making it look interesting. Because there are some, that thing in this movie where they project a thing onto a dummy's head, a Mm -hmm. face. I like that. It's cool looking in the movie. My favorite thing in the whole movie is that scene of like the melting arms and faces, like wax arms and faces. But as you're watching it, I wasn't even thinking there were wax. I was just like, oh, there's people melting. And it's gross looking. It was, yeah. But it's real. Like they just melted some wax arms and faces. Um, so IMDB reviews, what are those? Uh, those are reviews. People watch the movie, then they go write a review on IMDB. Usually you pick the one stars because it's funny to see what people think when they really have a low opinion of something. And some people are going to be offended by this movie, aren't they? Absolutely. So let's see what the one star folks... But to be fair, these days, people can be offended by a lot of things. So let's not, you know, that's just the way it is. Sky says, there's too many plot holes and too many unanswered questions. I should have waited to see it on Netflix. Hmm. Okay. This is a pointless movie, this other guy says, that tries to put meaning into pointlessness. Hmm. I don't know. This guy says, gratuitous. Gra- Let's try saying that with that. Gratuitous. 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 Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't begin to describe the violence and gore in this movie. There are a few stretches of plot development to be found between the murder scenes, but that's not enough. And it's not what this film is about. This film is about splatter gore. And if you like that, you'll probably love this film. If not, watch something else. Or else, you'll find yourself typing a snarky review on IMDb with one star (laughs) in the morning. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Um... This guy says, while I must admit this was visually stunning, most of the beauty is taken away when the flashing lights are constantly hindering the view. The movie is very bland and the characters are unlikable. Unfortunately, I was forced to see this movie with my family and young children. The sex scenes are as visual as pornography. You might as well have searched pornography and connected it up to the movie screen. Female genitalia and male genitalia are fully exposed. This is the first theatrical film I've ever seen that has done this. It's worse than Fifty Shades of Grey 1, 2 and 3. Nothing memorable about this movie other than the fact that the African-American actress has great acting in the first scene. She was absolutely outstanding versus everything else. Do not watch this with your children like I did. I mean, she did have to be pretty creepy, but she didn't last very long. 
what boggle that whole thing you took that away what i'm taking away is he watched it with his children <laughs> why <laughs> like, like hey, does kids. the cover look like the lion king uh, even no does it look like something you would even show to a child no no what are you doing? I would barely show most Disney things to children without vetting them very carefully first. No, I'm talking about this movie. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. No, no. Like when you see that yellow cover and the horrible kind of melty face, would you go, oh, that's perfect for me no. and the kids? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's, it, it kind of warns you. Look at the cover, people. So um, in conclusion, I am giving Possessor a 9 out of 10. Oh, my God goodness that seems awfully high no not awfully high i think it's i think it's really well made it's really compelling etc etc however i would give it a seven and a half wow that is really low and that's because of that the sloop at the end part where you're like i'm on this high of what the potential of this whole point of this thing is and it's this you know what i'm saying yeah so. But um, I, I give it a nine because I, 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 I just really like it. I like the style and I like the idea, the ending. I don't think it nails the ending. That's why it's not good at ten. Okay. But everything else I like. The performances are really great, actually, considering like the layers of like mm-hmm. she's in the guy and the guy, you know. I really they had like to do a lot of overthinking, yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's... Uh, our review of Possessor Uncut. And there is, an, there is a cut version if you don't want to see penises. But, um, but come know, on. Might as well get your money's worth. <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> come on. I mean, you get a couple of penises and that's probably worth the extra minute of your time. I mean, right? if one's not enough for you, I don't know what is. So uh, thank you to Wellgo USA for providing us with a copy for review. Um... I'm going with my movie recommendations for this week based on this movie. My first one is Crash by David Cronenberg. It's a James Spader, Holly Hunter. It is about people who get sexually aroused by traffic accidents. If that sounds that's, like that, something... That's, is that your, that's a good summation. Yeah. <laughs> if you're into that, that movie is for you. If you're into that... Yes. Only the people who are into getting sexually aroused by car accidents and injuries would like that movie. No, because are you and I... Well, I don't know about you. I can't get in your head like this lady got in his head, but... I'm not aroused by traffic accidents. It's very accidents, compelling. It's the best movie you've ever seen about being aroused by traffic accidents. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe there's other better ones out there. Maybe. On the black market. Uh, and my other one, the reason I do that is it's David Cronenberg. And the second sure, one, sure. the link to this one is, it's uh, Oblivion starring Tom Cruise by the director of Tron Legacy. It's a really high concept sci-fi movie. But Andrea Riseborough is uh, in it. She's his woman in it. So um, Oblivion. I I love the visual of Oblivion. Mm-hmm. And it was just after Tron Legacy. And it's got a really like, cool style to it it's like white all white and it's very high-tech sci-fi um cool movie oblivion yours are mine are we're going with holidays this time because it's the holidays and i'm gonna say the two most obvious to me that i haven't watched yet that i need to because i didn't do my halloween month this year you know elf 
Of course. And Wizard of Oz. Elf is the best Christmas movie, right? Um, no. I don't actually, know if no, it's, no, it's the not. best. No, it's um, um, Love Actually is the best. I don't know about that either. But I would say that Elf is right up there with the fun factor. And it makes you just, as goofy as it is, you just be like, oh, that's just cute. <laughs> and I'm not even that type of person. I'm more like, oh my God, that's stupid. But when I watch Elf, it melts me a little bit. Nice. I uh, feel that way watching. Um, you do love Love, love actually. actually. We need to watch them all then. Yes, we do. We do. Love Actually, Elf. Um, I quite like uh, Christmas watching uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation also. I'm not a fan of that one, so you can watch that one on your own. I also like... I mean, it's fine, but it doesn't do much for me. I find it really fun. Mm. Wizard of Oz, you're right, is a good Christmas... Um, but movie. I mean, do you enjoy it? Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Um, well, along with the sound of music, it was the Christmas Day staple when I was a kid. Sure. So, yeah, I do. You know? New Sound of Music was also a very Christmassy movie. It doesn't matter which, but any James Bond movie. Because... <laughs> um, in England, uh, they still do it. On Christmas Day, there was always a James Bond movie in the afternoon. Didn't matter which one. They just put one of them on. And, right. Uh, See, we made... didn't have that. That's why you're always surprised when I haven't seen a Bond movie. I'm right. like, well, they're not just on TV all the time. Yeah, and that it turned James Bond movies into a Christmas movie. Like, you can't help but when you watch one thinking of Christmas. It's mm. odd. Because they're not Christmas movies. Uh, in fact, no. is there even a Christmas part in any James Bond movie? Apart Possibly, from, that I just am not thinking Apart from of. Denise Richards as Christmas Jones. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. That's, you know, you know you're a real nerdy um, James Bond person when you can pull that kind of thing out of your ass. <laughs> or you're just really into Denise. What's her face? Jones. Denise no. Christmas Jones. Richards. <laughs> Denise Richards. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, Ace Scully stuff this week. We watched a, a new episode of The Mandalorian, the best show on TV. My goodness. Um, every week, this new season, I'm even, I even like this season better than last season. Every week, there is some giant, big surprise Star Wars thing that I'm like, wow, this show is like doing Star Wars stuff better than the movies I've been doing. You know? Because mm-hmm. they're like, I don't know if it, some people say it's like too fan servicey, like they just really like lay it on thick with the uh, stuff. I can see that, sure. But I like what they do every week. And of this course, week, you do. Yeah. You're in love with it. We can accept that. This week, Mr. you are not a an unbiased reporter on this subject. No, um, Mr. Boba Fett made an appearance this week in a that action sequence, starting with him fighting the stormtroopers. And ending with him firing a missile out of his rocket pack <laughs> was just like the most badass. It was like if you didn't think Boba Fett was badass because he really, if you go and look at him in the movies, he didn't really do much apart from die. Right? Yep. Now you're barking up the wrong tree if you want me to have, like, examine but, Star Wars. But if you did watch, if you um watch this, you're like, oh, okay, I understand why he's a badass because, damn, he's pretty helpful. I would like, you know, now he's on Mando's side, basically. It's going to be fun in the future. What are you, Australian? <laughs> yes. Mando. Mando and Grogu. <laughs> also, how cool was it when Grogu was on the uh, the Jedi plinth doing his thing? 
Very cute. Not just cute, powerful. Well, we don't know yet. He's a Jedi. Yeah? There's some shit going on. In case anyone can't tell by the tone of my voice, I am not a huge... I'm not the Star Wars nerd lady that you are the Star Wars nerd dude. I like it. I enjoy it. But I... I like the one that's superior, which would be Star Trek. So, you know, I have to balance out being married to the Star Wars, but knowing that Star Trek is superior. Uh-uh. <laughs> Wrong answer. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> anyway, Ma- Mandalorian, Disney Plus, every Friday, there's two episodes left. It's awesome. I love it. Um... What else? I've been playing Doom Eternal on Game Pass. Um, if you've got Game Pass, Microsoft Game Pass, and why it's still $1 a month. And you can play 100 games for $1 a month on your PC or on your Xbox console. Anyway, they added some new games this week. One was Doom Eternal, which is the late this year's Doom game, um, which I played a few levels of yesterday. They've also added uh, that Tetris Effect Connected, um, which I played all the way through again. They've also added this game called Haven, which is a cool... It's kind of like an RPG action game. Uh, it reminds me a bit of... Do you remember Journey and Flower, Sid Talk? Yes. Like those kind of fancy like artistic games? Yes. And it's about this couple who crash on this uh, planet, and they've got a, the ship gets messed up. Kind of like Mandalorian. They've got to fix the ship and get off the planet. And it's like a, it's about their relationship, but also about surviving. Um, and it's kind of done in like an, it's, it's not anime style, but it's close to anime style. Um, but it's all voice acted and it's just this interesting, the mechanic when you're moving is they don't walk. They got these like boots that let them glide over the terrain. So you're going over the terrain of the planet and you're collecting all the resources that you need by gliding. And it's really cool, like, kind of the way Flower, that game Flower, where you're just floating through the air, it gives you that feeling while you're playing it. So that's on Game Pass. It's called Haven. And Doom Eternal's latest Doom game. You shoot a load of stuff, you're the Doom guy. Um, The demons of hell rise up and you kill them all. It's not really complicated, but it's fun. Um, So that's what's on Game Pass. Next week, the biggest game of, oh, Cyberpunk 2077, it's called. It's by the people who made The Witcher. They haven't made a game since The Witcher. Um, It's been eight years in the making, this game, Cyberpunk 2077. It's out this week, coming up. I'm actually getting a review code from the uh, people who make it. So I'll review that next week. But um, it's got a lot to live up to, this game. It has been delayed so many times. It even... It was supposed to come out last month, and then just about a week before it was going to come out, they delayed it again for a month. It's got a lot to live up to. <laughs> um, it also makes me worried when they delay a game a month, you know, a week before it's supposed to be released, because, like, what is that? Why is that happening? You know, games are games, right? You can deliver them um, on digital platforms and stuff. True. It's not not like you can say, well, we haven't got enough discs printed anymore because, like, it doesn't matter anymore, does it? People can buy it on the console. So, I don't know. Makes me a bit dubious, but we'll see next week. Cyberpunk 2077. Um, The Witcher was a great game, so we'll see. What's for dinner? What do you want? Impossible and The Whopper. Mm. 
Then what you ask and you shall receive. I put it in the um, microwave a bit too long last week. <laughs> hey, does anybody care? It made it. It made my bun <laughs> soggy. <laughs> like a wall. Everyone will care about that. Advice. This is is this a cooking show now? <laughs> Hey, well, everybody, don't put the Whopper in the fridge for more than microwave. 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. Microwave. Don't put it in the fridge at all. <laughs> That's awful. You know, a lot of people do that. They buy fast food, put it, put in, it the in the fridge, and then and microwave then, it. Yeah, later. That's like, probably all right. Ew. Uh, what if you get lettuce and ketchup? I mean, lettuce and tomatoes and all that kind of stuff. I probably I mean, wouldn't get that. Ew. If I was aiming to microwave it later. I'm... Doesn't sound good to me, but I don't like food. I'm not, I don't mind leftovers of very specific foods. But for some reason, I've just never been a fan of. But like, like, if it was like a packet of chicken nuggets or whatever, you could definitely microwave them and they'd be all right. We don't eat chicken. We're vegetarian. No, I'm, but I'm I just get talking about saying. fast food. Yeah. Maybe. You know. I don't know. Um, what is your advice? And then we'll piss off. <laughs> That was fast. Uh, my advice isn't advice, yet again. My famous non-advice advice. It's just an observation of, you know, I'm always trying to figure out why people are afraid of things all the time. It's fair if you're out in the woods to be afraid of, you know, dangerous animals, snakes falling off a cliff, eating the wrong berry because you could die. That's a reasonable fear. Being afraid that, and this is a, this is not, this is an actual example of something I have heard in a conversation, right? Being afraid that all people, I guess, except for the person who's expressing this fear are going to turn gay will mean that, well, then there'll be no more children and that'll be that. <laughs> it's a controversial opinion. Is it controversial or is it a stupid? Because stupid, yeah. Stupid as in, I don't. I'm not commenting on your particular opinion of or fear of or attitude about homosexuality. That's up to you. That's nothing to do with me. I don't want to change you. But to have the perception of all of humanity being able to all be one thing at the same time, that's just lame. Because there's no... We can't even get a whole world to agree that there is a new, quote-unquote, because I don't know, I'm not... I don't know all the facts, right? So we have this pandemic right now. We can't get all the people in all the world to agree that, oh, crap, we found a new thing. It's making people sick. It's making some of the people die. Uh, I mean, a high number of people die. And here's what we need to do about it. Because we're actually getting sick and dying. So let's all agree on a thing. We can't even do that. Right? You can't get the whole fucking world of humans to agree that the one thing we all need to get on board with is that we all are less than a month away from starving to death. If we all stopped eating right now, we'd all starve to death. Every single person. I don't care who you are or what you got going on. If you stopped eating and drinking, we can't get everyone on the planet and every generation of all the people to agree on that. And that is reality. So for everyone to agree on, like everyone to I say, they say turn gay, which is, Rude and hilarious at the same time. I don't even know how offensive it is if I was a homosexual person, how terribly offensive that would be. But that or everyone's going to become so 
lazy, that they'll never want to work. And then, then where will we be? Well, we'll just all fucking die. Like what, what do you actually think is going to happen? First of all, that's not going to happen. Everyone is not going to become a fascist. Everyone is not going to become a racist. Everyone is not going to become open-minded. Everyone is not going to become anything. Because that's not how it works. So whatever your fear is that, oh my god, well in ten years, every generation, this, the next generation is all going to be a bunch of lazy, greedy, whatever. You know, whiny, weak-ass people. They're not. They're really not. Like, it's an impossibility. And I'm going to lay that on the line for all of... If somebody's listening to this a thousand years from now, <laughs> and you've proven that it's a possibility, fine. Then I'm wrong. But I don't think it... I think it's an impossibility that all the people can be all the same thing at the same time, which then would snuff out or get rid of that one idea or way or th way of thinking of the people who are afraid, you know, that that's going to happen. So... That's it. Again, not advice, just an observation from an actual conversation that I was like, what the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> Very nice. I like it. <laughs> All right. You can catch this podcast on ascoli.com. You can go to uh, the Google Play Store, the iTunes Music Store, TuneIn Radio, Spotify. You can use the RSS feed. You can use Plex if you want to listen to the podcast. It works. It just seems really fast today. What fast? This podcast. Oh, I thought you meant the subscription process is fast. <laughs> no. No, the we're, whole thing. On, we're on 57 minutes. Wow. It was That's just an fast. interesting topic. Yeah. Interesting movie. Good movie. Nine out of 10 movie. Forget what Sid Talk said. <laughs> Catch us on our social media. Email com. Don't email Sid Talk. She uh, hates you all. That is not correct. I don't actually hate anyone. I hate behaviors and I hate stupidity, but I don't hate people because. What's the point? Uh, and stay classy, Mr. Brandon Cronenberg. Uh, this is a... I'm going to go and watch your other movie, I think. And since I get the last word, you can have the 9 out of 10, and I will then proclaim that Star Trek is better than Star Wars. And on that note, think for yourself, or someone will do it for you. Rubbish. Rubbish.